Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 71. It's April 14th, coming at you on a Sunday. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Brent. Hey, Edie. Uh, first off, the most important news, of course, is this lava lamp. We are, we've are we decided that we're going to retire it um, for the rest of this season. We'll bring it back maybe at the beginning of, of, of next season. But for now, this is the last time you will see the lava lamp. Some people will be sad. Some people will be happy. Um, some people never even knew it was there. Some people never even knew it was there. Yeah. You can't see it from your perspective, but uh, many of the bubbles of lava or globs of lava seem to be more aerated than before. There's, They've got bubbles in them, mm. and uh, they've probably been churning there maybe for a little too long. They yeah, need a break. That sun's been burning a little bit too long. Yeah. Uh, for our audio listeners, this won't change anything for you, <laughs> um, but... Just picture a lava lamp on the set. Um, so, man, we are we are a couple days into the playoffs, the NHL playoffs. We've got, I think, every series has had two games. We've had some series be shockers. We've had some series be um, fairly predictable, and then we've had some really close battled series. We're in a one-one tie. So, uh, this these playoffs have been really, really interesting so far. There's already so many little storylines in every single series. We're going to talk about every series. We're going to talk about um, other leagues and, and their, what's going on in their playoffs. We'll save that for for a little later. But uh, I've got some, I got an EIHL jersey on, and so does he, and a hat. Uh, so I'll give you a little hint who we might talk about later. Exactly. On. We are obviously NHL first, but that doesn't mean that we don't pay attention to other leagues around the world. And we'll talk about the, those leagues a little later. Now, the NHL playoffs. Um, I want to talk about every single series, if that's okay with you. <laughs> yeah. And I want to start off with Tampa Bay Columbus. Sure. What is, what's your thoughts on this series so far? I'm, well, based on the predictions that we talked about over this past week, uh, I am surprised. I am absolutely thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I really didn't think Columbus would have much left in the tank after their big playoff run. But Tortorella is an amazing soul, and uh, he's he's done some things in that dressing room. You see the speech? Well, I didn't see it, but I heard about it. You were telling me about it, and I heard about it elsewhere. Uh, he's done some amazing things with that team because they weren't really a team, I don't think, a week ago like they are now. Mm. It, it's incredible. It's just incredible. Now, we'll see how far they can take this before the, the shine starts to come off a little bit. But to win two games down there in, in, the, in Tampa, in Tampa, in the other team's barn, and decisively, really, um, to to run the rink is fabulous. Just that, fabulous. That last game was probably the worst Tampa Bay Lightning team I've seen all year. Yeah, yeah. It was a completely different team. Uh, uh, really undisciplined. Uh, Kucherov, obviously, specifically, was suspended for one game. So now Tampa has to go up to Columbus and try and win game three down two game two games to none. Can they do it? Um, is Tampa still winning the series? No. No? No, they're not. You have, you have not. stated. They're, Columbus is in their heads. Uh, they might win a game or two, but I think this thing's going to go out before it gets to game seven. Well, what about last year? Uh, it doesn't matter. Columbus won the first two games in Washington. Same scenario. Exact same scenario. But with different chemistry. What I do don't mean? think it's the exact same scenario. Oh? Well, they've got different players. They've got they've got Dezingle and and they've got Duchesne and they, they've got talent that they didn't have last year. I think they believe in themselves maybe more so than they did last year. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's I think that's right. I think that's okay. I think they do believe in themselves a little bit uh 
a little bit more, but that's I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's a given that they're going to win the series. I think Tampa might come back because it's Tampa. It's still Tampa at the end of the day. Even though they lost those first two games, it's still the Tampa Bay Lightning. But did you see the interview with John Cooper afterwards after Game Two? I did. Does that look to you like a coach that can walk into a dressing room and pump some air into those guys? I didn't see it. No, you're right. He's just like, yeah, it's a big challenge. I I don't know. didn't see this coming. It's, 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 it's a challenge. We're going to have to see what we can do. No, that's not the coach. I, I want the coach that's going to go in there and start throwing stuff. <laughs> I want chairs to be hitting cement walls. I want water bottles going in every direction. I want mm-hmm. hockey players ducking under the bench to avoid the coach. Whoa. He didn't look like that coach. No, he didn't. <laughs> but he's never been that coach. No, he's never been so, that coach. <laughs> uh, That's why he's one of the most liked coaches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, st- I still don't think Tampa's done. I think, they, I think they can do it. I think having Kucherov out of the lineup is almost a good thing for him coming back for game four. Mm-hmm. Yes. It gives him time to think. Yeah. Gives him time to realize what just happened, mm-hmm. and uh, he needs to be the Kucherov that we saw all season long, not the Kucherov that we saw in Game Two. And that's why I think it's going to be trouble for Tampa to win this series now because they won't have Kucherov uh, for this first game back in Columbus. So Tampa's already limping a little bit; they're limping emotionally, I think, and then they're back in Columbus's arena, and uh, I don't think they can stop the cannon from going off a few times, and I. I think Columbus has a really good chance to win game three. And then, then it's on after that, right? So It's kind of crazy that we might have already seen the last game in Tampa this year. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine that Columbus sweeps Tampa, but it's obviously possible. It's pretty crazy. It is. It, we, we couldn't imagine Nashville would sweep Chicago a couple of years ago either. Yeah. And uh, sure enough. And and they won their first two games on the road to do it, and mm-hmm. and I think that's well. Columbus did that in Washington last year too, and we know that that didn't work out. But uh, I have a very different feeling this year. I just I, I look at Tampa, and and it's when they do do well, it's not their best guys doing well. It's their second or third. Well, of course, Tampa, your fourth line is as good as anybody's first line yeah. for most of the league. But it, your Stamkoses and guys like that are are quite silent. So, what did you think of the Kucherov? hit and suspension. Is it worth one game? Do you think it was worth more? Tell me what his history is. I I didn't know him before as a player that was like that. I don't believe he has any history to yeah. my knowledge. So I think based on what I've seen, and of course the things that happened on Saturday that we'll be talking about, similar type things, uh, not exactly, but close, I think a game is right. I, th- I also think a game is right. Sorry. I thought two, if some people were saying that it's going to be minimum two, I felt like two was a, a little bit much for that because they were comparing it to the Kadri hit uh, from the previous mm-hmm. uh, year. And now we've got a whole new one to now compare we have it to. A whole new one to talk about, yeah. which we'll talk about in very soon. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I felt one game was was definitely right. Uh, it was obviously pretty malicious, but uh, uh, it'll it'll be forgotten about pretty soon. I think once he gets back, so mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, yeah, that's all I really have to say about that series. I don't have any predictions because I don't think you can predict that series no, at this point. You really um, can't. Looking forward to, to 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 watching it though, definitely. Oh, it's 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 going to be wild. Heck yeah! And I don't mean Minnesota. <laughs> uh, speaking of Minnesota. Speaking of Minnesota. Minnesota Duluth won the Frozen Four. Good for them. Boom. Too bad the Minnesota Wild are in the playoffs. There you go. But they'll take what they can get. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Minnesota's hockey. Yeah. Alrighty, next. Boston and Toronto. Wow. 
So <sighs> game one, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of Toronto speed. Yeah. Game two, we saw more typical seasonal Toronto giveaways, kind of sloppy play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muzzin didn't look very good. Nylander no. was absolutely terrible. That, that giveaway that he had right at the post of his own net. But not just that one, though. There was like three yeah. or four the whole game. Yeah. It was just but that one direct, really resulted directly in a goal and yeah. an important goal. Yeah. Um, that was brutal. Just brutal. Very brutal. Now... I still don't even. I still think it's going seven games, regardless of the suspension that we're going to talk about. Regardless of anything else, I still think it's going seven games. This th- these teams are they hate each other too much to have this end quickly. So uh, it's going to be a great series. I'm super pumped to watch Game Three. Um, but the Kadri hit. So actually, mm. let's first talk about the the knee, the the DeBrusque knee. What's your thoughts on that? I I saw two different descriptions of it from the analysts last night. Some some of them th- were thinking it was knee on knee. Brian Burke, I think it was, made the point that he didn't widen his stance yes, I just agree. prior to that hit. And, and I think I see it that way. Kadri mm-hmm. basically was hittable because he had the puck or he was close enough to the puck at the time. And I, I, it certainly was not an intentional attempt to go for his knee. And frankly, despite the fact he spun around and looked everywhere, he played to his full potential the following period. So there was no knee damage or injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the fact he tried to make it look like there was, when it first happened, he was down and he was, you know, spinning around and writhing on the ice with a minute left or whatever. Uh, so I don't think it, I might have seen a possibility of a certain angle, might be a two minute penalty just for, uh, uh, but I don't know what it would be for. I, it, I mean, yeah, but I think there should have been a penalty because I think, I think he was going for the hit. If you, if you watch the replay and you mm-hmm. look at DeBrusque's upper body, he is doing this, he's trying to hit. Kadri and Kadri actually makes it so much worse by trying to get his upper body out of the way, which causes a knee on knee. But it's still knee. It's it's still a knee. I still think DeBrusque should have gotten a penalty. And if there had have been a penalty on the play, the other play that we're going to talk about may have not have happened. And that's I've, I heard that mentioned last night. I reject it because the purpose of calling a penalty is not to remove idiocy from the other no, no, guy. No, no, right? I'm not saying that that's why they should have called called the penalty. That's <laughs> the hindsight. But I, I think that if they had of, then we may not have seen some other stuff in the game. And I think in general, the refereeing was not consistent in that game. And actually many of the games that I've seen so far in the playoffs, refereeing has been fairly bad, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But still... Should have been a penalty, in my opinion. The game goes on, uh, and then DeBrusque hits Marlowe uh, as Marlowe's coming in with the puck. Uh, I, some people said that they thought that that hit was dirty. I completely disagree with that. Marlowe's one of my favorite players, mm. uh, and someone said that you shouldn't hit hit a player there because of where it is on the ice, because that's where the glass kind of rounds around. Um, why? Well, you hit the player exactly the same as you would anywhere else on the ice. That's why that glass is round now and not mm-hmm. a ninety degree post angle. Yeah, uh, with padding like it that like it used to be. It's rounded now for a reason. Yeah, and it was Marlowe was fine. It was a clean hit. It he was bounced a good right hit. up again. He had the puck. Yep. It, it was fine. And then uh, Kadri came in and cross checked Debrusk in the face uh, when he wasn't looking. Didn't have the puck. I don't even think he was near the puck. And uh, it was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I don't know why he would do that. It's so stupid. And uh, there are some people defending him, and I just don't get that mentality. I just I don't know how you can defend Kadri. 
And, and I think, I don't know if it was Don Cherry or someone else said that uh, he was he was angry because he was getting hit a lot during the game and he was getting rubbed in the face and all this stuff. Guess what? It's the NHL playoffs. Yeah. You're telling me that you can't take a few hits and get a few face rubs? And you're Nazim Kadri. And that's what he does to other people. That's exactly his <laughs> MO when he's playing uh, a spirited opposition. Exactly. And one thing Brian Burke also said last night, to his credit, in his view, Kadri was the only Toronto Maple Leaf that played a full 60 minutes of, well, except for the suspension time at the end or the uh, the penalty time, but played the entire game and he called him a Viking. Mm-hmm. And he said he's he came to play. You can't really say that about the rest of them tonight, but he did come to play, and he was he was full on the whole time, including the bad stuff. But uh, that's the way he plays. Mm-hmm. And when I see not only him, but a few other Toronto Maple Leafs, when they go down, they're looking for the ref. Don Cherry talked about that. Is that right? To see if he was see if it was caught. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching a lot of soccer lately, <laughs> and these things are starting to blur together because this is the international symbol of soccer. Yeah, I agree. A, a player who thinks he's been wronged, begging a referee to give the other team a penalty. And we cannot have that in the in hockey. We just can't. Now, Don Cherry did a segment, and he showed replays uh, of the Toronto Maple Leaf players doing this. Oh, and uh, he said that he basically said it was ridiculous and stuff. And yeah. It, grow up, it's, play, it's the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see a different Toronto team the next game, I think this was a pretty big wake-up call for them. But uh, the, as far as the suspension, we don't know. I think we'll probably find out tomorrow or later today because Kadri was offered an in-person yeah. hearing, which would have to have to happen in New York City, I believe. Right. Uh, which means he's at least getting suspended, but we don't know for how many. And since it's in person, they have the possibility to suspend him for more than six games, if I understand it correctly. Yeah, or six or more. Six or more. It's more than five, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything below that, you can do it on the phone. But if yeah. you're being, and he still may come in for an in-person hearing and not get suspended at all. It doesn't mean he's definitely getting suspended, but I think I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty well a certainty that he will be suspended for something. And uh, I think it was Burke that first said, uh, when I first saw the hit, I thought maybe three, but now I'm thinking five. So I, I don't think it's, it's not going to be any less. It's not going to be three or less because that's exactly what he got last year. He's a repeat offender. I'm going to read you all his offenses here yeah. in a second. Uh, he's a repeat offender. That w- it was a revenge decision to go after DeBrusque because DeBrusque is the one who need him, and DeBrusque hit Marlowe. So Kadri is trying to get revenge from him and from Marlowe, and the intent was to injure. He cross-checked him in the head, neck. Like obviously, you're gonna try- you want to injure someone if you're doing that. So mm-hmm. there are three things working against him big time there. Yeah, uh, it's not good. Uh, as far as his history, on November fifteenth, two thousand thirteen, he was suspended three games for a hit uh, to the head. Uh, against Nicholas Backstrom. That was an elbow bang. Uh, March 18th, 2015, suspended four games for illegal check to the head against Matt uh, Frazier. Mm-hmm. February 11th, 2016, fined $5,000 for inappropriate gestures, uh, throat slash at Mark Giordano. Oh, I remember that, yeah. Uh, March 12th, 2016, fined $2,000 for embellishment. March 21st, 2016, basically a week later, fined another $2,000 for diving or embellishment. Uh, April 4th, 2016, suspended four games for a cross-check uh, to Luke Lendenning. April 13th, 2018, suspended three games for boarding uh, Tommy Wingles. And April 13th, 2019, we do Question know. mark for that. Yeah, we don't know. The mugging of uh, DeBrusque. I suspect it's going to be at least five games. 
Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was six. I would, I'm going to say five. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, sounds about right. Um, we just can't have that. And he's not the only guy in the league that does it. In fact, Marchand could be mm-hmm. next. And I, like, there, I don't understand how Leafs fans can defend Kadri. And they did so much. I, I watched a bit of Twitter from last night. It was, it was uh, biased. It was disturbing. It was disturbing that that supposedly rational people can see the same thing in such a different angle. Um, it's unbelievable. You don't have to like every player on your team. I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. I do not like Andrew Shaw. I dislike Andrew Shaw as much as I dislike Nazem Kadri. Like you don't have to like every player on your team. It, it, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, just, I it, just I literally can't logically understand how someone could defend him. I'm I'm the same way. You can still love your team and be critical and clear-headed about the things you want your team to get better at, personnel-wise, play, practice, coaching, whatever it might be. But it can't it shouldn't become a religion where if you're a a certain religious persuasion and everything that comes out from the pulpit up there has to be right, and you yeah. have to follow it, no matter whether you personally think it's a good idea or not. Uh, that's what a lot of people see their hockey teams as: mm-hmm. that that the the sun rises and sets. I'm, I have to admit, I'm not disappointed that I'm able to watch sixteen teams play hockey and not have an emotional investment right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not happy that my team isn't in the playoffs. But who are you cheering for in that series? In the Toronto-Boston series? Yeah. It's tough. I actually do want Toronto to win this series. So do I. I. I want Toronto to win it. Um, and I I understand that that's difficult for a Montreal fan to do, <laughs> uh, but it's true. I, I just, so many of my, and I think my rational friends that are Toronto Maple Leaf fans, I think would see last night's game the way we saw it, where they their team doesn't always do perfect things. Uh, but... I want them to have something to cheer for because they've waited so long. So back to the cross check. Um, okay, first, do you, do you like Austin Matthews? Um, Who's your favorite player in Toronto? Give me a minute. <laughs> what? Give me a minute. I, I honestly don't know because okay. I'm, I'm programmed to not have one, right? So I guess I really like uh, I really like how Tavares has played. I was very impressed with Matthews' debut that time when he scored four goals, and of course we've seen them play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I credited Nylander last weekend as my predicted guy yeah. to, and actually scored a goal exactly the way I predicted he might, where he, he sneaks up the side <laughs> and no one's paying attention to him. But then yesterday he gave all that up. But, uh, um, I don't know. I like Dermot. I like underdog guys. Okay. Right? So if it was, if it was Dermot who cross-checked DeBrusque in the head, would you feel the same way? Totally. About, yeah, exactly. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the player was. It just no. happened to be. Nazem Kadri. We're not blowing this out of the water be- just because it's Nazem Kadri. Yeah. That's what his suspension is. That's the amount of games he's going to get because of his history. Yeah. I'd be talking about this the exact same way regardless of what player it was. <laughs> so just for the record. Anyways, um, that's all I have to say about that series. Super pumped for game three. I hope Toronto wins. <laughs> I do too. I I think Toronto winning one game in Boston, like it, it sounds... They were on such a high after winning game one and such a low after how yesterday's game went or last night's game that it, Toronto fans might, some of the more pessimistic ones, might think they've already ruined their chances or some crazy thing. But 
if you asked every Toronto fan two weeks ago, knowing this would be the matchup, knowing Boston would be home ice advantage, if you asked every Toronto fan on the planet if they'd be okay coming back 1-1 with the, basically stealing home ice advantage from the Bruins, mm-hmm. they'd be okay with that. Yep. So they should be okay with that. And Toronto has a lot to prove, and now they're back home with a last line change. They can do their matching. They can do what needs to be done Monday night. Yep. And we'll see. Series is even. Whoop. Yep. Anyone's game. Uh, Washington, Carolina. Mm. What's your thoughts on this series? Because this is a, I would say, so far a predictable series. So far it is predictable. I think that uh, Washington has gotten off to a bit of a slow start here, I think. Uh, Ovechkin hasn't been what he can be, and he will be before this is over with. He set up some beauties, though. Uh, he's definitely in the play. Um, but it's, I like the hate. I like the physical nature of this series. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of pushing and shoving after every whistle and it's kind of juvenile, but I do like seeing it. <laughs> and this time, I think maybe it's because NBC's cameras are in charge instead of Sportsnet or CBC ding-dongs, but you actually are seeing the pushing and the shoving. Yep. You're not seeing the goalie sucking on a water bottle for 10 seconds while everything happens uh, frame. Uh, what do you think of Brenda Moore's rant? to Steve Kazari after that uh, penalty was dished out. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And I think, honestly, as much as I liked it, I liked that the ref just let him vent. Totally. That was such a smart play. Totally. I couldn't see Kazari's face, but you just see the back of his head, but he was nodding. And I think somebody was, later on one of the breaks, someone was translating for him, like, keep going. Like, okay, we got about 10 seconds left, but the camera's still on us. So let's let's get this wrapped up. I don't want to have to give you a penalty too. And then when it was over with, when the rant was done, Brendan Moore just flicked yeah. like a switch and he walks down the bench. Okay, boys, let's play some hockey. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was awesome. It was, it was, it was awesome. And really. he was right. Yes, because that Furland check shouldn't have been an ejection. No. Uh, it wasn't to the head, in my opinion. It was a clean hit for the most part. Um, I think it was just a silly play. And Brendan Moore made the point about one of his players getting a high hit because and yeah. then they showed the replay. Oh, let's can dish that out. Well, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I thought it was okay until I saw him actually leave his feet at the very end of it. He did leave his feet, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if he left his feet because of the impact or just at the last second to create the impact. I don't know. And he kind of cut in, in, like in yeah, with he, intention around the other players. Yeah, specific. he made it like a 90-degree turn to the left there. And got yeah, him. so I don't know. The thing that got me about the, the hit on, uh, on Dowd by Furland, mm-hmm. which I think was legal, and, of course, Furland was bent over. That's, he was reaching for the puck. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dowd was kind of reaching for the puck. So Yeah, and it's hard to not hit someone in the head exactly. when, when their head's at your, the level of your sternum. Yeah. The, but the thing that no one talked about in the show that I saw, I thought actually when it first happened, I thought there was going to be two penalties. One for maybe charging from the side, but the other for a high stick because um, Fogel was right behind him and his stick was right up into Dowd's neck oh, really? just before that hit. I didn't see that. I thought there was going to be a five on three, two, two minute penalties, but the high stick never got talked about because that other hit happened right away. Hmm. But I think had that not happened, I think one of those refs would have seen the high stick and called it. It was right up around his chin and uh, uh, that might've changed things. It's pretty rare to see a five on three, uh, two minute power play when there's two penalties called in the same team when... That yeah. in a couple seconds. It's pretty rare to see Tampa Bay get hosed in the first two games at home, too. Yeah. So. Remember remember last podcast, we, we said it was pretty rare to see uh, NHL teams play three on three. Yeah, during a, a, and it a, happened. A regular, like regular game and it happened. It like happened. It was The great. day after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me there. Yeah. Um, anyways, it, yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty interesting. I, I think 
this is tough for Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news is they're, they're going home. They're going home. They get the, the crowd behind them. They get that extra emotion. Uh, I think Carolina wins at least one game at home. Yep. Uh, I hope they win both. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm cheering for Carolina. But I, to be honest, I think this series is over as much as I do like Carolina. I think I personally think this series is over. Yeah. I think Washington is just too deep and complete of a team. What did you think about the Holtby spinorama uh, on that goal that uh, Holtby thought he was being interfered with by, uh, was it Manalainen? Um, skated in front, Holtby spun all the way around to the left, and when he got back, it was too late, the puck went in. It was Allmark's goal, I think. I don't um, remember that goal. Or Walmart, I was switching rather. between a bunch of games. It was the weirdest thing, and they actually had a, a, a video review you know, Toronto on the phone, the whole thing, to see if it was goaltender interference. Holtby was just a little bit out of his crease, and he was set. And the opposing player skates by him, and there might have been a little bit of contact, maybe. But Holtby goes into a complete figure skating 360. He goes right around, faces his net, comes right around, and starts to get set up again when the puck goes in. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. It was, look it up. It was really something. I, I'm I'm quite convinced they made the right call. Uh, even the guys in the booth were saying, did Holtby, like it's, there was no way that the impact of the player going by mm-hmm. careened him so around in that a he circle. Forced, he forced himself to do it? Yeah. Huh. That maybe to, to embellish or to <clears throat> make sure people saw it. He did a complete 360, but he didn't fall down or anything. He just did a 360 as if like, what was that? And, and I said at the time, like, why did he turn away from the play? Hmm. A lot of players will do that because skating in one direction is on their strong side. They'll turn away from a play rather than into it just because yep. they can get a better go. Yep. But uh, he just spun around. <laughs> I was like, what was that? And it almost worked, I think, because there was some uncertainty as to whether that'd be called interference or not. <laughs> did he take a drink afterwards? Oh, yeah. Many. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, he well, must have a, he must wear a Depends or something. Because there's no water. way a man can drink that much and not pee all the time. He loves water. <laughs> <laughs> he loves water. And especially when, uh, he always seems to face whatever camera he knows is on when he does the water too. So he gets a good face <laughs> FaceTime on the TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was, that was a really good game. Uh, it was close. Even though it Washington, was close, yeah. Four or three overtime. And, and, and the tower of power, Brooks Orpik, <laughs> yeah. the goal. <laughs> the sniper. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it could have gone either way. It uh, could have. There's big saves at both ends. Uh, I thought that uh, generally it was an even game. And that, that, that's the thing about this series. Carolina is being competitive against Washington. Oh, yeah. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So it, it's actually a really good series to watch as a hockey fan. The Islanders and Pittsburgh series. Uh, Thoughts? I was... Uh, Really worried in game two. I was so pumped in game one, and I was really worried in game two that uh, that that it was just maybe a dream. That maybe <laughs> maybe game one didn't happen because especially when it went into overtime, and I thought, ah, oh, this this won't end well because mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's been there so many times, so many times, and then it was all okay. <laughs> is this one of your favorite series? Oh yeah. Is it is this your favorite series? Um, well. But for Columbus, Tampa, which I'm enjoying immensely watching the unexpected happen, but get that aside, Islanders-Pittsburgh, definitely my favorite series. Toronto-Boston, a close second. Hmm. Yeah. I'm loving this. The crowd oh. Oh. For, the, for the Islanders is by far the most enjoyable thing 
I've experienced in a long time in hockey. And this crowd runs themselves. It's not some dink with a horn going three toots like they do in Pittsburgh and Washington and God knows where else, and then let's go, whatever. This crowd is running their own chants and cheers. Mm -hmm. There's no organist having to get involved here to get them going. These people don't need any motivation to get going. They're on all the time. Like Nashville. Yeah, Nashville's the same way. Winnipeg's the same way. Uh, this crowd is fantastic. And I, I hope what you think you saw or read recently about them having to go to the Barclay Center if they get to round two. Yeah, I don't know about that. I hope that's not true. Uh, when we're talking here, I'll try to see if I can find any intel on that. But this Nassau Coliseum is the perfect venue for the perfect team at the perfect time, and that's right now. I agree. It's such an enjoyable venue as a as a TV watcher to, to see a game, it, the, listening to the crowd and the chants, and half the time, I don't even know what they're saying. I don't even care. It's just, it's just noise, and it's brilliantly fantastic, and it's just it's so loud that the announcers have to raise their voice, mm -hmm. uh, which is unfortunate because I would just like to see no... Can you imagine watching... A game that. in Long Island with no commentators. And there's a feed that comes out of the the trailer what, that's just ambient noise. It's mm -hmm. just ice noise and crowd noise with no announcing because they have to send that feed out to uh, different language countries that want to have their own announcers locally call, call the game. So yep. they can't have the English guys on in the background. So that feed's there. If we could just... Find that feed. If you're a broadcast technician or a satellite person, find me that feed. Well, I have an interesting development for you. Oh. Jason told me that if you have surround sound, which we do. Which we do. If you disable the center channel, oh. the commentators go away. No. Apparently. Experimentation will happen <laughs> today. today. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it'll happen fairly soon. The minute we're done this... The game, well, it, as we're taping this, it's one minute or two minutes to 1 p.m. Atlantic time. Yeah. They take to the ice in two minutes. It's going to happen like now. Islanders in Pittsburgh. Uh, and it's, by the time we're done this, by the time this airs, the game probably will be over. Mm. But uh, we're going to watch every single second of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is the first game in Pittsburgh. And to be honest, the Pittsburgh crowd's pretty good too. I really I really like the Pittsburgh crowd. I just don't like the horn guy. I can't There's one guy can't. with a horn, and I would love to take him out back and pie him in the face because <laughs> that horn drives me crazy. I'd rather watch the game with no sound. Yeah. Listen to that stupid horn. It is horn. so annoying. And there's, there's another arena or two where they have a three beats on a drum, bang, 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 and then there's a cheer. That might even be Washington, I don't know. But this bang, 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 or toot, 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 and then the, the if the crowd isn't cheering by themselves, then the team better play better. <laughs> That's really, like this stupid, in Montreal, way back, it's all about Montreal, back in the 60s and 70s, there was a guy with a trumpet, and his name was Dutchie. And he, I don't know where he was, but he was way up in the rafters somewhere. And every so often when it needed it, He'd get on the trumpet, da 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 da, -da and, and that the real things. And some of the organ stuff that comes nowadays comes from that, from the things he would do, da 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 da, -da you know that. And Dutchie would do that, but not all the time. Like when he needed to get on there, maybe once or twice a period, he'd start pumping mm -hmm. away in the old trumpet, and that was good. So, are you a fan of the organs or no? No. Well, certain ones, no. Some arenas have really good yes. organists. I'm that... not a fan of the Montreal. No, it's terrible. Dan Bebeau. It's the I, worst. No offense, Matt Bebeau, but I hate the selection and when they, 
They, it's too often. It's too often. And when Montreal gets scored on, she's right in there with dun, 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 dun. No. <laughs> You just got scored on. Play a funeral dirge or something. Don't play that. Mm. It's awful. Uh, she's. I don't think she's very tuned into the game very well. So. What What do you think about the defense chant? I love that. It, I do it's too. right out of basketball. Eh? It is, but they used to do it in hockey back in the 80s and, and, and the early 90s. Really? On NHL 96, if you, if you are old enough to play NHL 96... Uh, one of the fan chants in the game is that, is defense. They, and they used to do it at hockey games I didn't know. in the 80s and, and 90s. And then they stopped doing it. I just love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's yeah. probably my favorite chant of all the chants. So I, I hope it, hope more teams start to do it. But. Man, when they get into full song, um, especially when they're serenading the opposing goalie, they get his name, you know. <laughs> and... When Nashville does it, you know, it's, you suck. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. But I think what's even more effective is just chanting the goalie's name over and over I again. I agree. I think that would just drive into his central nervous system and just mm. bug him. Murray. <laughs> like, just keep doing that. Oh. And and make it so that it's not a planned choreographed thing. Mm. You're just drilling that guy. That's just right. keep, keep hollering. I, I love it. I love how physical this series is. There's a lot of hate in this series in, the, in the first two games, and it's it's fantastic. It's all it's kind of creating a bit of a rivalry between these two teams, mm-hmm. and I hope it continues regardless of who wins the series. I hope it continues next season because yeah. this is fantastic hockey to watch. It is so good, it is so good. And when they build this new arena for the Islanders out at Belmont or wherever, yeah. um, they need to get whatever mojo that the Coliseum has and find a way to transplant that Mm -hmm. because it's going to be a bigger, emptier, more vacuous space. It's going to be harder for the crowd to feel that close to the game unless it's designed in a way that maybe brings some of that magic Mm -hmm. uh, from Uniondale because this team is really something and the fans are really something. These people absolutely are just insanely passionate about their team and I love it. I am willing. Uh, they're, they're playing there next year, right? Oh, I think for a little That's while yet. I am willing to make a financial commitment to go see a game at that arena. I would. Oh man! Before they make the switch anywhere, I would. I would definitely want to do that. And definitely I'd like to see it against Toronto. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, when with Tavares still there. Yeah. I, I'd like to see anything, but Toronto would be the best one to go to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, that would be amazing. And just being in New York would be awesome anyway. Yeah. Just, you know, turn it into a, a week vacation, let's say. Go down on a Thursday, get ready for Saturday night's game, come back on the following Tuesday or something, um, spend some time downtown. Uh, I'd like to be out in Brooklyn a little bit mm-hmm. too, plus going out, uh, out into Long Island more. And uh, I'd love that. I would love that. That'd be awesome. Let's make it happen. And I know we have viewers in Long Islandville. Oh, we've already been offered tickets pretty much. Oh, okay. Long Island, so I don't know. Sweet. We'll see. Sweet. There are, Islanders have the fantastic fans. Yeah. They're just fantastic fans. So of the Eastern Conference, uh, what's your f- <clears throat> most favorite and least favorite series? I think my least favorite is Carolina, Washington. I agree. Most favorites, it's too tough. Pre- too predictable. Too predictable. And no matter who comes out of that series, they're going to go on and play the winner of Islanders-Pittsburgh. And uh, to me, 
that's the real series is Islanders uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I love that so much. I, I like the Boston Toronto series just because it's fun to watch, but it's I like watching Boston Toronto just like you you watch the replay of a NASCAR wreck <laughs> or some of those Russian dash cam videos where you know something bad's gonna happen, you just don't know yeah. when or from what direction it's gonna happen. Um, because I don't have an emotional investment in either team. And you don't want to have an emotional investment in either no, team. No, no, because no. Because they are the enemy to us. That's so right. It's hard to cheer for, for a team in that series. That, that you've cheered against your entire life. Yeah. And they're playing each other. So it's like, is there any way that they can both lose? That'd be great. But if one of them has to win, I hope it's Toronto. But <laughs> but the Islander series is by far just fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Fantastic. Off to the west we go. Um Calgary versus Colorado. Whew. And they played last night. It was uh, it was a pretty good game, actually. Uh, Grubauer was absolutely fantastic. Uh, one of the guess, best goalie displays that we've seen so far in the playoffs. He, he completely won them that game uh, in, in overtime uh, on a big save, actually. Huge. And then McKinnon right got after. The, eventually got the puck and then went up and scored. And uh, it's an awesome shot. But uh, this series is... The series is pretty interesting. It reminds me a lot of the series last year that Colorado played against Nashville where uh, a lot of people didn't really think that they would be competitive. And both games have been, maybe not score-wise in the first game, but mm-hmm. I thought the, as far as play-wise in the first game, it was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, and definitely in the second game. So, you know, the series is tied 1-1. Anything can happen. And, uh, yeah, I, I like the series a lot. It's it's pretty it's very different hockey than than a lot of the other series. It's It's much more... These two teams have played, I think, a lot better defensively than a lot of the other series. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, there's just been some specific points of of this series where it's it's almost boring to watch because there's not a lot of shots and there's not much going on. But then there's spurts of craziness. Yeah, and going back 15 years, when the West was having their playoff series, it was great big bruise and bang and bash and the glass just doing this all the time, all over the the surface. Of the of the ice, there's there was something happening. Whereas now, it's maybe more of a skilled game and a smaller, speedier game everywhere. But the West doesn't really have that same Bing Bang Bash that that they're having now Even in the five East. Five or six years ago, it was, it was like that. In yeah, the West. yeah. So now it's a more skilled game. Maybe that's better. But to watch McKinnon in full flight is uh, just tremendous. Man, his speed oh. when he crossed that blue line yesterday. Yeah, last night. It's crazy. On the overtime goal. On the overtime goal, yeah. yeah. And the feed was great from Rantanen, I think. Oh, it's beautiful. And it was just perfect. He timed it, and and he was he was on his way. Even though he was parallel to the defenseman, he was on his way. Uh, and the shot, it was a laser. Mm. It was. I thought he was going to go in closer, frankly. I was surprised he shot that quick, but he must have felt he had a good reason to. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, I was really um, – the, the guy I watched the most in the game last night, and I must say I only watched the highlights from game one because I'm an adult human that that lives and dies with the sunset, right? So yeah. I don't I can't stay up till three in the morning and watch hockey on a work week. But last night I PVR'd and watched the rest of it this morning. Brody, he really mystifies me. Um, he 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 made the total uh, miss on the puck coming out the blue line. He was pinching in. It was a power play. And then that resulted in the shorthanded goal. And there was another play where you, there's a play you and I hate, and that's when your team is on the power play, and they go into center ice, and then they pass it back. I hate it. Brody did that. There was seven or eight seconds left on a Calgary power play. Mm-hmm. Brody passed it back, and Landeskog picked the puck up and went in on a breakaway and probably should have scored but didn't. 
But then later on, Brody did the other. He missed the puck. It bounced over a stick at the blue line. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nieto, that's when Nieto went in and got his goal. But Brody's the guy in the power play. Obviously, he's he's got a good shot. I saw it a couple of times yesterday. Uh, but, man, he's a liability. When, he has, wasn't the, that when has the drop pass worked ever? I don't know. I've never seen it work, ever. It's just <laughs> another way to gain the zone and to put the puck in. So why go? Through, why waste the 10 seconds dropping it back and and having to go through a couple more deeks to get in the zone? Just dump it. Especially when there's only seven se- seconds left on your power play. It's it's just, and Nashville does it all the time. They started it. Yeah. I mean, it's been in hockey for a while, but they really have brought it back and, mm-hmm. and started doing it pretty heavily. Now friggin' Montreal does it, and all these other teams do it, and it never works. It's annoying. 70% of the time, it gets stopped at the blue line. If I was Calgary... Or I would change this right away. I would talk to these D-men or whoever it is that's doing the drop pass. Usually it's a forward, I guess. And if I was the team playing against Calgary, I'd have that scouted out so bad. And I don't know if Landis Cog was there on purpose, expecting that to come back. Mm-hmm. But if I were coaching against Calgary, I would probably put my three of my guys down in the zone, made, ready to make a triangle. And I'd have the fourth guy somewhere at center ice to pick off that back pass mm-hmm. and go in for a breakaway. I, I, I would start playing for that, waiting for it, and then punishing the team that does it. Yep. Boom. I agree. <clears throat> What's that sound? Is that your laptop? Yeah, it's uh, spooling up. It's getting a little hot here. That's unacceptable. I know. It's kind of whiny. sounds like a turbine, the which audio, I the, usually like. This isn't good for the audio listeners. No, it's not. No. no. This is unacceptable. Well, Why do you is. need a laptop? Um, I don't know. It's It's a barrier. It's a barrier? It's like, it's like a blankie. You, you need it. Yeah. You feel yeah. Well, I just like to be able to look. Th- actually, w- what I'm doing with it right now is I'm using a, a website that gives live hockey scores and I'm uh, following the final in the EIHL. It's on right now. And I'm watching the game as it goes. Not watching the game, watching the, the score. score. Score right now, Cardiff is leaving, leading Belfast 1-0 halfway through the second period. So the game's halfway over. Damn. Yeah. So, but Belfast has been playing exceptionally well all year. So uh, we'll talk about that later. All right. Uh, San Jose Vegas. Have you watched any of this series? A little bit. I watched uh, the Friday game uh, on video delay uh, with the PVR. Uh, so I did watch it. Yeah. It's. It's. I mean, I'm wearing a San Jose hat, and I'll likely wear the San Jose hat for every podcast that San Jose is still in the playoffs for good luck. They are the team that I am cheering for the most. Um, I am very frustrated with San Jose. Yeah. Uh, they were so good in the first game and a completely different team in the second game. Uh, Martin Jones sucks. He he has some of the worst statistics in the regular season and let in some terrible goals in that other game. Uh, I don't know how they can start him in game three. That's a big question. I don't... If they start... If they start Martin Jones in Game Three, they're not serious about winning a Stanley Cup. Well, yeah, and when they put Dell in, uh, when they pulled him and put Dell in, he, he played fairly well. He, he did play well, quite well. So that really presents a coaching challenge. But Jones had his chance. That's I, I agree with you. I think Jones has had his chance. Yep, he's blown that chance. Yep. But then again, the series is tied one-one. But look at the whole look at the whole season and look at how like he wasn't really challenged that much in Game One. Mm-hmm. It was game two when he was really, really challenged because the, t- the team in front of him didn't play as good. And he was left, let in some seriously soft goals. Oh, yeah. And I, re- I really like Martin Jones. I just don't like his play this year. So, Martin Jones, I think you need to leave the net. Uh, but this series is, as, mu- as emotionally 
invested as I am in this series. It's the most difficult series to watch because it's on the latest. And at that point, all I kind of want to do is sleep. Uh, but it's 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 pretty good hockey. I, I like to see, to me, which I find this interesting, the two biggest names in this series so far, as far as play, points, impact, has been Mark Stone mm-hmm. and Eric Carlson. Yeah. Two players that have joined these teams this year. From the Ottawa Senators. Two players that have come from the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> I mean, just, just think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Stone, Duchesne, Dezingle, Carlson. I'm, I know I'm forgetting someone else. Well, if you go back a little farther, Broussard. Uh, no, he's still no playing, I wouldn't but, that. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, all these big names were having impactful mm-hmm. uh, moments for these other teams all came from Ottawa. That's just crazy. Yeah. If they were all still playing together. Exactly. Gene, would you be on your on a plane right now heading to Tampa or wherever? Exactly. To watch the next two games of your series. Makes you que- makes you question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yep. Um yeah, this series is I don't know. I I still can't predict this series. I think I still think San Jose is going to win. I think that uh, cuz they played so well in game 1. Um the refereeing has been inconsistent in this series so I hope that switches up as well uh, starts to be a little bit more consistent and I mean I couldn't do a be- I couldn't do any better job on the ice than the referees I I'm so glad that I'm not a referee I, their job is the hardest of any well, of anyone and go, going back to the Carolina Washington game they interviewed Brenda Moore just after a commercial break and even he said some nice things about the ref yeah. just after he just roasted uh, based after that penalty yeah he said, I don't know how they do this. I really don't. Like they're trying their best and, and, and there's four of them and they all see things differently and they don't have the benefits of instant re- I, I just, he said, I just watched that play like nine times before I decided whether I thought it should be a penalty or not. And yeah. I'm the coach. So I, I, I don't, I t- can't take anything away from these and guys. And that place, but that Furlan place specifically happened very fast <clears throat> and I can see how it would look like. Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyway. And it was right near the player's bench. So even the coaches probably couldn't even see it. And this, it was, this is why I think they need a fifth ref. Yeah, up in the stands. A fifth of, no, no, a fifth official in the box. In the box, okay, but not on the ice. No, not on the ice. In the box with an uh, with a, an iPad or a screen or 74 screens. I don't care how many screens he has as long as he gets it right. <laughs> he replays any any reviewable play, like even if it's even if it's a hit like that. doesn't matter if it's a goal. Even if it's a hit like that, he looks at it, the refs come over, and he makes the final decision based on the replay. I'm down with that. Because that can happen like that. Go for it. Let's do it. Gene. No, not Gene. Gene. Gary. <laughs> another another G guy I don't like. Gary. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I just realized I had a dream about Gary Bettman. <laughs> okay. Let's stop right now. Uh, if you're younger than the age of 18, please tune away. Holy crap. <laughs> the bad words are going to happen. <laughs> no. He was actually super helpful. The dream happened in my bedroom of our- I don't want to hear anything. No, no. Of our old house. Yeah. And I had posters all over the wall. Right. And uh, he was helping me. We were moving, apparently. And he was helping me take the posters and stuff off of the wall. It was all hockey stuff. Right. And he was helping me take it all off the wall and, and put it into boxes and stuff. And uh, I came downstairs to because you, you and mom got home or whatever or something like that. And I came downstairs to let you know that Gary Benton was here and he was <laughs> helping me take down posters. <laughs> and by the time that we get upstairs, he was gone. He disappeared. Just like that. He was a magician. <laughs> anyway, that was, that was the dream. 
Hashtag, I dream of Gary. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was you, crazy. You, he was super helpful though. Like the, and the dream was well, long. That's good. Like it was like 20 minutes of, of us taking the posters down off the wall and stuff. Wow. It was That's hard work. It was, a, it was hard work. It was a ridiculous <laughs> dream. Crazy. Forgot all about that until he says his name. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the other series. When I heard, I had a dream about Gary Bettman. I'm in my bedroom. Like when it when it started to head in that direction, I just want to drop the headphones and run out of here. <laughs> anyway, thank goodness it turned out That's more right. benign than that. Okay. Uh, Winnipeg, St. Louis. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like this series? Well, yeah, I do. I, I really like how it's turning out, frankly. But I don't know. I'm I'm not a. Uh, it hasn't caught me yet. Really? Yeah. I'm. I think I'm a little bit too emotionally vested in this series. Number one, because I picked St. Louis to go to the finals, so I'm worried about my, worried about my prediction. Right. Um, number two, I really like Bennington. Yeah. And I really want to see him do well. I don't want to see him falter. Mm-hmm. I really want to see St. Louis do well in general because it's been so long. Yeah. Well, so well, I mean, it's it's never been. They've never won. So. Yeah. Uh, and I, but I do really like Winnipeg at the same time, so it's a tough series for me to. to I can't really cheer against Winnipeg, but it. I really like this series. Do you know St. Louis was a Jeopardy question this past week? What was the question? The question was, what NHL Western Conference team has been to the Stanley Cup Finals in its first three years of existence, but has never won the cup? Hmm. And uh, well, that was the answer. Actually, the question in Jeopardy is what you respond with. Hmm. And, uh, Obviously, it was St. Louis, but uh, yeah, that's... Did they get it right? They did. Good. Whoever answered the question got it right. But there's a guy on there right now. He's just... Yeah, I heard about him. He's won over 400 grand in like six games. Crazy. Insane. Anyway. Uh, so I can't believe you don't like this series. Well, I, I don't, didn't say that. I'm just not... I'm not nearly as attached to it. Probably because of the time that it's on. I'm not watching these games live. And so far, I haven't had a chance to watch the games even at a decent hour. Now, tonight will be different. They're playing at 8.30 hour time, which is normally when games start. I'll be able to watch it. There won't be competing games on at the same time, so I'll probably really enjoy watching the game live mm-hmm. tonight. But, uh, yeah, right now, eh. Hellebuck has not looked good. No, he has not. That's... He has not. That's worrisome. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, if you're... If you want Winnipeg to go, Winnipeg to go deep, I don't know. I don't know. One thing Winnipeg has seen, though, which I think is good for them and may end up helping to level the series, Patrick Lyonnais has decided to show up, which is great. Yes. Because he really did not have a good regular season. No. And nowhere near the expectations. He still had a good regular season compared to what you or I would have, <laughs> especially me. But um, he he has been much better in the playoffs, and he's been involved. He's got a couple of goals, so mm-hmm. he's... He, he's in these games, and he's a he's a big threat for Winnipeg when he's playing well, and it looks like that's happening now, so good for them. Do you think that if you played in the NHL as you are right now, you could get a point? Oh, yeah, because even if I just stand there like a dummy, something's going to bounce off me eventually. I, it can't miss me. Look at me. No, but there's one player, I, I don't know if he's on Dallas or s- somewhere, he played like 56 games this year. No goals, no assists, no penalty minutes. So it's like he never existed. It's like he literally never existed. <laughs> And if his plus minus is zero, that's even worse. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. That is nuts. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I think something would eventually bounce off me, but uh, maybe. Probably my face. <laughs> so St. Louis goes back to St. Louis. Yeah. Up two games uh, up to, to nothing. Up to nothing. Into the uh, what I was would would have called the Checker Dome thirty years ago. <clears throat> what was the old LA one called? 
Uh, the Coliseum. Was it? They had a Coliseum back before they had the else. Staples Center. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Nashville, Dallas, the last series. Yeah. Um, I'm I really, I really enjoyed the game yesterday. I thought it was, I thought it was really fun to watch. Um, of, of the four games that played yesterday, three of them went into overtime. Yeah. So that's, that's something. And this, this is one of them. This is the one that went into overtime. My problem with the actual watching the game live when it happened was that the stupid ding-dongs and who run the, the world of TV, they, one of the channels that we had designed to tape was going to be the Boston game, then the uh, Dallas or Dallas Nashville game, then the Toronto Boston game, then the Calgary Colorado game in one continuous stream. Which you look at your TV guide on the interactive programming mm-hmm. guide, and it's just one river of hockey for the entire afternoon and deep into the evening, which would be perfect. However. What actually happened on the channel we chose was that when the Toronto game started, they left overtime in Nashville and started showing the puck drop for the first period in the Leafs-Bruins game. Meanwhile, for our viewers who want to still see the Nashville game, you can see it over on Sportsnet 360 or whatever, but that's not what we had set to record. So... And I wasn't watching it live. If I'd gone live, that'd be great. But I was packing them up so I could skip all the commercials because mm-hmm. that's what I like to do. And uh, I missed the overtime period. Oh, no. I had to see it later in a highlight. So I actually oh. didn't experience it when it happened. So I was not happy. It's, it's no one's fault. It's just the way it happens. But they had the stupid game is on like eight different channels, eight different of our sports channels. And only one of them is leaving the game to go to the other. And that's the one we ended up being on. So. Yeah. When I first saw the schedule and I saw all the games being staggered with their start times, I said, I thought this is going to be amazing. I'm going to yeah. be able to watch the first period and then skip to another game and watch the first period of that. I actually, I, after four days or five days of the playoffs, I actually dislike it. Because I'm missing, I feel like I'm missing so much other hockey. Mm-hmm. I'd almost rather one game start on one channel at eight, another game starts on the other channel at eight, and they just go. Yeah. And I can go between the other ones. But it, you, there's, you're right, there's been a few times where there's been a game on, and then they've switched to go to another game, or like it'll the game will be on Sportsnet. Yeah. And then they'll say, if you want to watch the rest of this game, you have to go on CBC. Yeah. Uh, or. What? <laughs> Let's say it's the end of the second period in the game that your main game that you're watching, and because of the stagger, the other game that started half an hour later still has eight minutes to go in that second period. So when your second period is over in the game you're watching, you're PVRing the other one. You actually don't want to know. You don't want spoilers of that mm-hmm. other game because you're going to watch that later. But no, if you don't hit that remote control quick enough when the second period ends in the game you're watching, they go live to the other game. With eight minutes left to and go, now and, that's, and now you know the score, you know everything, and now you're, it's just blown. Yeah, your cover is blown. So back in the old days when you only had one channel, you needed those updates from the other games, but you don't now. I agree. Uh, I I, just, I don't know what I do differently. I think we're in the mi- minority <laughs> there, though. I think we are. The Dallas Nashville game, uh, the actual game last night or yesterday, was. A low-scoring game, but a highly skilled game, and it was really fun to watch. It was very good hockey to watch. Frustrating if you're cheering for Dallas because, uh, number one, they can't score in the power play. Uh, number two, they uh, T-Park said it pretty good in Discord there yesterday. He said, 
uh, you can't win a game dumping the puck for 35 minutes mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, they just, I mean, the shot total was like 45 to 25, I think, for, for Nashville. Uh, Dallas can't gain zone entry and keep it there for more than 10 seconds, it seems, before they it goes back up the ice. Uh, they need that power play to get that zone possession time. And it's just, it's really frustrating to watch because Dallas is a very skilled team. They are. But just that Nashville is just so deep and so good defensively that... When you've got Zuccarello and Ben and Sagan, your team, and you're the goalie for Dallas and you make 40 saves and you still lose, that's hard to take. Yeah, it's frustrating. That's hard to take. Did you see that ankle twist on Jan Mark when he went down? I did see that. It... I think it was about the fourth replay that was at the right angle, just looking over the top of the net, where you see his foot, and I'm thinking of you when this happens. Yeah. That foot goes and completely reverses with weight on it, and down he goes. And I'm thinking, he's done. And and as they were helping him off the ice, the announcers were saying they've seen injuries like that were that were basically career-ending, like just tore all the... And in the third period, he's playing. I don't understand. He's back out and he's playing. <laughs> what? That was weird. That was nuts. I was. I actually wasn't so worried about the ankle there. I was worried about the knee. Yeah. Because I don't. The ankle was completely sideways. Mm-hmm. But oh, I, it was oh, boo. But I was worried about the knee because it was he the whole leg. That I mean Ugh. when the ankle goes like this, everything, everything twists. Yeah. Ooh. Um. And back in the third period, oh. and playing and and playing effectively, just like he has the most his his ankle. Healed as fast as Nazim Kadri's knee healed. In the- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, I wish was- my ankle would heal that fast. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, no, it was a, it was a good game, and I think very competitive. I think that uh, Dallas made a good point in game one, and now they're going to go back home. So uh, anything can happen, but it's nice to have Dallas with a home couple of home playoff games uh, to help their fans out, mm. give their fans uh, something to cheer about, and good for them. Ah, uh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who's going to win that. I don't know who's going to win game three. Hopefully, hopefully Dallas. But that's all I have to say about the NHL playoffs. The NHL playoffs. I have other things I'd like to, to, to discuss. Oh, cool. Uh, so the Panthers hire Joe Quinville. They do. Hey, a shocker. Shocker. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I, th- I think it's great. As long as Florida is now seeing hockey the way that ownership should be seeing hockey and not all about metrics and all about stats and just they're going to let human beings coach the team and get out of it. I am happy. I'm very happy for the for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I think I'm done hating them for what they did to Gerard Glant because karma came to get them. They, yep. they got rid of Glant and Glant did better than he ever could, like better than – like. Things couldn't have gone better than for Dragland other than him winning Stanley Cup, but uh, things really worked out for him, and they did not work out for Florida, which is total karma. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm okay. They've they paid their price. Yeah. Uh, I'm super pumped for Florida. Yeah. For to get Quinville. It's it's a great catch for them. They're they're probably going to go in all in on the off season this year, bring in some high talent players. Uh, I'm pretty scared of Florida next year, I think, depending on who they get in net. So I, I think this is really good news. So mm-hmm. bad news for Atlantic Division fans yeah. like us. Yeah. Um, do you hear about McDavid and his injury? I, I heard that there was some kind of a PCL ligament that... Uh, yeah, he had a PCL tear. Yeah. Uh, it does not require surgery. 
So I don't mm-hmm. know if that's good news or bad news. I assume good news, but I would say, yeah, that's that's the only update. I Surgery have. is always the the least attractive option. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. The draft happened. The so giraffe. I, the draft. The giraffe, like the long-necked animal yeah. with the, the beats on the trees. Yeah, yeah, it happened all right, and uh, I. It was. We need to talk about this. This was so badly executed. This the whole style of the draft. When you had Gary in your bedroom, you should have <laughs> engaged him in conversation I about should've. how to improve. Yeah. the uh, the NHL draft lottery. It was. There, I, there's a lot of things I want to say. Well, first I'll just say New Jersey won, Rangers came second, mm-hmm. and Chicago came third. Correct. Well, I mean they, they didn't win. But they yeah. they came first. We won't know if they won for about five or six years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I am so tired of this card pulling up. Make it live. It's like this. Number one, we were spoiled because uh, um, the winning feed got leaked, uh, and everyone saw it before the draft even happened. I so, heard that. Yeah. Uh, people thought it was fake, but it wasn't. It was exactly how it happened. So everyone <laughs> knew. Number two, uh, if you go there's. T Park linked this in, in Discord. There's a Reddit thread where someone has dissected the last three years of the draft, where they've strategically placed the winner, the winning GMs in seats, and the, the winner uh, are one, two, and three GMs always sit in the same seats. So that's hilarious. Technically, we could have known who was going to win when the broadcast when the started. Broadcast started based yeah. on where the GMs were sitting. Yeah. Which is really interesting. <laughs> so uh, enough of this backroom accountant card bullcrap. Bring out a ball machine. Bring out whatever kind of, well, however you figure it out. Bring it out and do it live and let's see it happen. I finally found out and read in some detail exactly what they do in the draft and, and how they arrange the odds so that they work. And basically they draw four numbers for a thousand and one different combinations that are distributed to the teams in order of their finishing order in the league. So the team with the worst record has a few more combinations available to it than the team with the second worst record and mm-hmm. so on and so on. So there are a thousand and one possible number combinations if you just have four balls with different numbers on them. Numbered up to, I think, 14 or 15, whatever the, the number 15. is. 15. So there's 1,001. And uh, Montreal was in the draft, but they only had, of the 1,001, they only had, I think, 9 or 10 of the number combinations would deliver Montreal the first pick. Mm-hmm. So basically, the teams are all listed in order. I've, I've got it printed out. I could show it to you. The, the, they're all listed in order of, like, the one two six nine combination when they draw these numbers, was assigned to Chicago. The one, two, six, seven combination was assigned to Minnesota or whatever. So like you say, they could do a live number pull. They could disclose all the numbers for all the teams. And, oh, the first ball is a number one. And then all the other combinations that start with two through 15 are gone, leaving you with, mm-hmm. uh, let's say, 100 possible combinations, well, that start with one. And then the next number is a six. So then, like, you could do that live and it would be so interesting. It would be interesting. People would understand it. And then when it got down to the final number to be drawn, the fourth number, there would only be three teams left. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or or however. And then it comes up and it's live and you see real spontaneous reaction. 
and you could even have fan parties in various places with the camera on them and whatever. It would be amazing. It could it would be such great television. It would be. But this way here, it's just it's, so sad. It's boring. It's it's, it's cringy. Terrible. Yeah, it's, it's bad. And all the GMs are sitting there. In fact, the GMs aren't even going anymore. A lot of them are sending their director of scouting. Yeah. Or, so I like Bergevin wasn't there. I think Trevor Timmons was there yeah. from Montreal. And Bergevin said, I'm not going to that. And why would he? Like he's got no chance of, of winning. And what's the point of physically being there anyway? Hmm. And then they got Jack Hughes and they're interviewing him. It's just so, you're trying to create two hours of television out of a nothing burger. Yeah. And it was just awful. It was it, terrible TV. It was, it was, <laughs> it was terrible TV. It was bad. Even when Gary, when they do the draft, Gary gets up and introduces the first round and introduces each team and tells them, yes, you can come up on stage now and you can stand over there. Gary, you're not that cute chick on Tula Monde on Parle with a headset telling people where to sit <laughs> when they're invited onto the, onto the TV set on a Sunday night. Gary, just get off the stage. We'll get to that in June, but boom. That's right. Um, as for playoffs and other leagues around the world, the EIHL finals are going on right now. We mentioned that earlier. Uh, Giants versus Devils. And do you know the last time these two teams won a championship? Well, I think it was just last year that one of them. Devils won last year. Cardiff so Devils, they could yeah. two feet. Uh, the Giants, 2010. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, the Belfast Giants have won other things, like they won the Challenge Cup, for instance. Uh, so that's that's good because they in the EIHL they have a couple of ways of becoming a champion and bragging about winning. The Challenge Cup is one of them, which is more of a semi-exhibition-y series of all the same teams, but they play in a different kind of playoff format. And the Challenge Cup is awarded about a week or two before the real league championship is done. And Belfast won the Challenge Cup, so they're happy. But the real league championship is, yeah, is what's re- being played for today. Yeah. Something has gone on in that game too, because I've been watching the live score. In the first period, uh, Cardiff went up one nothing, and the second period was scoreless for quite some time. But just before it ended, I saw the score flash to one one that Belfast had scored. But now the second intermission is underway, and that goal is gone. Oh, so it's still showing as one nothing Cardiff. I don't know if there was a. a a goal called back hmm. due to an infraction or something. I'm not sure, but I guess we'll find out. But this game will be over by the time this airs and everybody will know. That, Interesting. That is interested. Yeah, so I'm hmm. a little curious to see what happened there. Hmm. But, what are you cheering for? Um, I, I, I saw a great documentary, I think prepared for or by the Belfast Giants team, where they interviewed the players on the road to the Challenge Cup. I watched, it's over half an hour long, and it was on YouTube, and very high quality, very nicely produced. And they interviewed the fans, and they showed the fans in the stands uh, traveling to uh, various places, the road show with, with their team. And I really, really enjoyed that whole fan experience uh, watching from television. And this is a really fantastic team to watch uh, play. So I really like, oh, I like them all. I, mm-hmm. I've i got a Milton Keynes jersey on. Uh, we have uh, family history in Scotland. So Fife and Dundee and the clan and all that. I'm interested, I guess, to see and hope they do well. Um, but Belfast is is in Northern Ireland, as opposed to most of the other teams that are in, uh, in England and a few up in Scotland. So I just love the fact that hockey is... Heck is yeah. catching on over there. Th- these are, they're playing this championship game. They're playing it in Nottingham, which is a 7,000 plus seat arena. We did the arena reviews for the EIHL about a year ago. And this was a huge 
very tall that had kind of a flat spot on one end, like a wall, but they had steep seating on both sides, a very high ceiling, big central score clock. This isn't uh, hockey from 10 or 15 years ago. This is big stuff. This arena was built, I think, in 2000. So I guess my analogy should go back farther than mm. that. But um, th- I'm sure the place is absolutely packed. Heck yeah. And these are passionate fans and a little crazy. Like they're dressed up. And they're carrying their pint with them and everything. They're having a good time. Um, do you know when the league started? I did know. 2003, 2004, I believe is the year they started. I think you're, I think it's you're right. It's kind of crazy that it's been that long. Mm. Or that was, it was that long ago that they started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been continuous ever since, I believe. So Yeah. A few teams go in, a few teams go out. But, uh, yeah, it's... I think, I think it's really important. I think it's really important to have hockey become that popular there because it's such a place of the world where one sport dominates every other sport. It's not like North America where we've got football and baseball and hockey and basketball. Mm. It's pretty soccer heavy over there, or fo- sorry, football heavy. Football, o- over rugby, there. cricket. Yeah, but I mean, like, football is the. M- oh, yeah. Like, there's nothing that even comes close. No. So the fact that hockey is even. Even at a one percent, or maybe less than one percent, catching on over there is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that. And they, the fans react when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like they know they know what's up when a, when their team has just killed a nice two minute power play, or there's been a fantastic save, or a really good not goal kind of play. Mm-hmm. They react to it. They see it. They know it, and they're they're happy for it. It's uh, it's great, and to see. And you see the, uh, the names on the backs of the jerseys. Admittedly, most of the players on these teams are North American and probably Canadian. Yeah. So you see names on the backs of the jerseys like Johnson or Riley or something like that. And you've got people in the UK uh, watching, seeing names in the jerseys that probably are the same names as their neighbors. Yeah. But these are guys that live four or five, 6,000 miles away. Exactly. Because their ancestry from 200 years ago was there, but now yeah. they've moved away and now they're back playing hockey. It's like we're, we've take, taken something away and now we're bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because it's, it's very similar to a traditional field hockey band, yeah. bandy kind of games, right? So yeah. I love it. I just love the fact that they're at it. Yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> uh, EIHL is not the only league with playoffs going on as mm-hmm. well. That's uh, right. The AHL regular season ends today actually, so the AHL playoffs will be starting soon. Uh, and the QMJHL playoffs, uh, Halifax has made it to the semifinals. Nice. Which is pretty cool. Very nice, yeah. Um, the OHL is still in round two. London was up 3 nothing in the series. Have you heard this? No. The London Knights were up 3 nothing in the series against Guelph, and Guelph came back and it's tied at 3-3. No. Yes. Guelph, is that where Nick Suzuki's playing? Uh, I believe he, I believe it is. It might be, yeah. Wow, really? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Uh, the WHL's uh, round two is just ending. Uh, so far, the Vancouver Giants, the Spokane Chiefs, and the Edmonton Oil Kings have advanced to round three. Very good. Uh, they're just waiting on one other series to, to end to get that fourth team. So that's actually all the news I have. I'm sure there's news elsewhere and in other countries and other leagues, but that's all that I have written down. Very good. I don't have anything else uh, written down myself. So all right, let's go watch hockey then. Let's go watch hockey. I actually know what the score is in, what? The, in the game that's underway right now. Why? Because... I just happened to have it. I was using it as research uh, uh, for the games of yesterday, and today's games are on there too, but I'm not looking anymore. That's unacceptable. But I'm still going to watch the whole game. 
from the very beginning. And I think uh, we should get at that. All right. Well, let's do it. Thank you guys very much for listening and watching, regardless of how you consume our content. We really appreciate that. Um, Podcast number 72 will be next Sunday. So if you can hit the subscribe button and join us for that, that would be awesome. We'll definitely have some videos coming up this week. I'll probably do like a a midweek playoff talk video or something like that to catch up on a couple of games. And uh, by that point, geez, series might even be over at that point, which is kind of crazy to think about. But... Mm -hmm never know so yeah hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed already like this uh, video by hitting the like button down below and we will see you in the next video adios